Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you, folks. It's just an honor. Just uh, uh, we're privileged to come across your radios or whatever listening device you're using, and uh, it's always good to run into you guys. Make sure you drop us a note once in a while. And 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 again, Stephanie, we gave Stephanie a few days off. Just uh, you know, a little bit of those sinus things going on, and all these little things just catch up once in a while, and you got to lay down. So uh, pray with us that Stephanie continues to heal up from those things, and I'm sure she'll be back in fighting spirit next week keeping me aligned on the podcast, keeping me in line. And with us again, I, this is cool. So we've had uh, Kevin and Zach with us, and uh, they've been with us all week. We had Zach on Monday, and we've had Kevin since Tuesday. And uh, I'm pretty excited about that. So happy Thursday, folks. We've been moving along. Instead of doing the word of the day, we thought it might be a good idea to talk about who suffers from PTSD. And there's there's so many of you guys who ask that question. I know about, it, it's funny, but, or, or there's a, you know, how this podcast and radio program works about half of y'all uh, do not suffer from PTSD, but God has given you a burden and a care and a call to help people with PTSD. And, uh, and then about half y'all suffer from PTSD. I didn't get that term y'all till I moved down South, but so half of you folks suffer from PTSD and half of you don't. So, but it's all works out as we talk about this, cause we can help each other, put this in our toolbox and take it with us as we travel along. So we mentioned the number one, uh, People who suffer are the highest percentage of people who've been abused, hurt, or been through or seen something to suffer from PTSD is abused children. And then we talked, uh, the second group was battered women. And then the third group was raped adults of either gender. And then probably getting real close to what you know would be the case is military veterans. And uh, uh, those military veterans have been to combat. They uh, Those numbers get as high as 50%. We're told that overall people in the military suffer from about 30% of all people in the military suffer from some level of PTSD or something like that. And so I can tell you as a military veteran who suffers from PTSD, certainly I've seen those numbers. We deal with them. About a third of the people that we see at our conferences, workshops, camps are military people. And probably, uh, you know, we're, we're not surprised by that. Uh, we, we're thrilled to be able to help anyone. As a matter of fact, when we started this ministry, we thought that, you know, we would see just about maybe 90% military people, but God uh, had a different plan. You know, he tore down walls, man, and we got military people, first responders, those of you who've been hurt in this world, and those of you who've been through junk, and we're so glad about that. We're so glad that God allows us uh, to work with you folks. We we consider that a great honor, and uh, so with me, as always, as I told you, we have, not as always, but with me as this week, uh, is Zach. Zach being a military guy, we'll go to him first, and Zach, PTSD. Now, when did you realize? I mean, what was that thing that you knew? You're like, wait a minute, I got PTSD. Well, 
It would have to been, uh, let's see, I got out in 2014. Um, so I think 2015, maybe. I remember there was one night at church, like, and one of the boys were real young, and like they wouldn't listen. And I like I snapped and I grabbed them and I pulled them, like pulled him up to me because he was on the stairs or something. I think, and that really like after that I realized something's got to change because that's not who I am. Yeah. Um, but if you listen, if you listen to Katie's testimony, um, and I think I might have talked about our story a little bit on, when I was first on here, but. Uh, I went to basic training. We got married after basic training. I got to Fort Drum and a month and a half later, I was in Afghanistan and then I came back a completely different person. And yeah. and she, she says in her testimony, she married one person and then I came back a completely different person. So she knew right away, but I guess it was the haughtiness or proudness or the pride in me that, you know, didn't want to admit that something changed. Yeah. And it was that it was that 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 one moment we all have that one moment where either we hit rock bottom or we're close to it. Yeah. That we realize that we need help and and that's what mine was. I, I snapped at one of the kids and And boy God and can realized, God can do a work when we get to the bottom, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Zach. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You know me. I, I just babble on sometimes. Go ahead. Oh, no, it's all right. I said, I, and I said that's, it, it's not, I heard, it's a thing that we, we don't mean to hurt our kids or our family and loved ones when we have PTSD. Um, um, we don't do it on purpose. Right. And, and then that's what really, I'm like, I remember I hit rock bottom and I, I talked to our, our pastor at the time and said, you need, you need to come in and talk. And then, so that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of my story. That's kind of everybody's story. I think who has PTSD and Kevin decades, decades out there working with military people. And, uh, you know, what is that one thing that just grabs your mind and you say, Hey, that, that guy, that gal may have PTSD. Can you, can you think of that one defining thing maybe, or how you figure that out from the outside perspective? Yeah, for me, I, I'm just thinking about, um, for instance, the, the snape, the sniper, the Vietnam sniper that I met, we were having a tent meeting, uh, in one of our church plants, we were having a tent meeting across town and, um, <clears throat> the, the sniper that came into the tent meeting and he kind of stayed on the fringes, but it just, you know, it, it wasn't until long after the meeting that, you know, really engaging him that there was this latent, um, poison in his mind mm. that, that had been there for decades, right. Since Vietnam. And he was, um, he was stuck on the fact in his case, he was not stuck on the fact that not only did he have to kill people, which I think he was reconciled to that, but he, the fact that he had gotten to, he had gotten used to it to the point of enjoyment. Mm. And, uh, you know, you start to feel like you're hunting deer. Well, you know, you just, you do your best to try to help, but, uh, you know, use reason and so forth, how that's natural, you know, with first responders and so forth to become accustomed and sometimes over accustomed and then guilty. But yeah, the, the, the fact that he, 
that he it just really arrested me. That was the first time I really remember talking to someone and saying, this guy here has been just under a load unbearable for years and yeah. years. And it's like David said is um, for my iniquities are gone over my head as in a heavy burden. there, too heavy for me. And, uh, you know, he just, you know, he, he walked away that he was kind of like the rich young ruler who, who I tried to help, but he walked away sorrowful. And, um, you know, you just want to help people like that. And Zach's testimony where his wife was there and said, you know, let's, let's get help. And Zach recognized it. Um, that's, that's my burden is people don't just suffer needlessly with a load that's too heavy to bear. They're not designed to carry it. The rubber band is being stretched beyond its limit and, uh, and they need, they need to take the load off. Yeah. Yeah. And you, boy, you could see it on people. It just looks so heavy. It's just, uh, uh, boy. and, And some people we get that you don't see it yourselves. And Thankful for that one opportunity where, where God prompted Zach's heart and said, you know, that's not me. That's not what I do. And, uh, folks, I remember so years ago when we started the ministry, I started as a subset of another ministry. And, and as I wrote the first book, and I was out in Seattle, Washington, I got called up to the VA hospital, multi-level, uh, big, huge veterans hospital right outside of Seattle there. And I remember that there was a fellow there wanted to talk to me, and this was Oh, I guess it would have been 2014. They 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 took me up to see a, a gentleman there who was obviously very up there in years. Was a Marine uh, during World War II, and uh, uh, he was a um, a flamethrower. He essentially was in charge of the flamethrower in his Marine platoon, and uh, he was talking about how they would assign flamethrowers. So it was like one through seven. They had seven men in the platoon. The first guy carried the flamethrower, and you're, you had a 30-second life expectancy from the first time you pulled the trigger on a flamethrower. I mean, it was tough duty. And uh, every, every you know, enemy soldier was gunning for you, uh, not just literally gunning for you, trying to get rid of that flamethrower because of the damage it could do in caves. And flamethrowers were huge in Asia, and they were on Iwo Jima. And uh, anyway, while he was out there on Iwo Jima, he, uh, his number got called. All the other f- guys who were carrying the flamethrowers and stuff got shot. He got handed the flamethrower, and his lieutenant told him, he said, Sergeant, he said, there's one pull left on that trigger. And if you look at that cave up there where that machine gun's coming out of, we need to stop that guy. And so everybody in this platoon that's left, they had half of the platoon left, we're going to shoot at that cave at the same time, and you're going to run as hard as you can and as fast as you can to get to the opening, and then we're trusting you uh, to you know, stick the front of that thing into the cave and pull that trigger. Now, we know that a flamethrower is like half diesel fuel and half gasoline, and then it's, it's pressurized with some type of acetylene craziness. And you pull the trigger, and the trigger actually has a flint. And you can pull it, I think, I might be wrong, three times. And so that thing had been pulled. Uh, going back, I think it had only been pulled twice. And they countered it, and the last guy's laying on the ground saying, you got one more time. And he threw those tanks on, and as good as those words, those Marines were standing up and giving everything toward that cave. And he got up to the top of the cave, and uh, and he was there. And, I mean, they were, they were giving it the dickens, and he put that flamethrower around his arm. And, folks, hold that thought for one minute. We're going to be right back with you. I don't want to get these radio stations mad. We'll be right back. 
Hey folks, thanks for waiting for us. So he gets up by the cave and, and sure they're clearing out the cave and stuff. And he, he turns around and he pulls the trigger inside that cave. And when he did, I mean that the flame from that, that last flame, there was nothing left. He tried to pull it a second time. He threw that thing off his back. So nobody would know he was the one, uh, using it. When he did, he remembered this guy came out of the cave burning and screaming in Japanese as loud as he could. He found out later what he was screaming, kill me, kill me. And now it was so loud. His screams were so loud that a mile and a half away on that beachhead, uh, there was a Japanese soldier and American, a Japanese soldier and American Marine that could hear the screaming a mile and a half away. And this guy said, I don't want to burn in hell when I got up there to Seattle to the VA hospital. I can't have that kind of hell. And I, I sat down with that 90, I think he might have been 90 plus. I sat down with that 90 plus year old man and was able to show him from the gospel that he didn't have to experience the fires of hell. He told me there was never a day when he didn't suffer from PTSD. There was never a day when he didn't have a nightmare. There was never a day when he wasn't hard on his family. He said three wives, nine kids, and I ruined every one of their lives. But God gave him rest there at the end, and God can give you peace and rest right now. So we're in the book of Proverbs. We're on the 23rd proverb. We're in verse number 5. And this is the verse that Kevin and I couldn't wait to talk to you about. And Because uh, 4 and 5, I mean, you want to talk about two verses. Actually, this whole thing is linked together. But it says, Will thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? With a question mark. For riches certainly make themselves wings, and they fly away as eagles toward heaven. And th- those of us who had investments, Debbie and I had really owned nothing. Uh, we had sold some houses along the way and we were in the army and we decided every penny we had, we put in mutual funds. And those last three or four years, five years, Debbie worked a full-time job and we put everything we could into mutual funds so that we could come home and buy a house. And uh, then September 11th happened and we lost $90,000. And, uh, uh, and folks, you know, God took care of us and all that. We, we lost half our investments essentially in one day. And uh, so when we, three years later, we had recouped, we only had a total of like a hundred thousand, which is a lot. I know some of you'd love to have a hundred thousand toward a house, but I'm just here to tell you that, uh, that was our whole lives, 26 years in the army. Um, but this is what I'll tell you, boy, they can, riches can just vanish. They just vanish. And, uh, and just sending this, uh, uh, Kevin's way, boy, they just vanish, Kevin. They're fleeting. Yeah. Yes, sir. You know, um, as I'm looking at that, that scripture right there, riches make themselves wings. And, um, y- y- you know, with trauma, I'm, I'm thinking about how traumatic it must have been for you. So not that I, not that I care. I don't feel any mercy in my heart for you, brother. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, when people, when people lose a lot of, of things, when their world comes crashing down, uh, I'm just, I guess I'm thinking remedially, so so they shouldn't have set their hope on that which is not. They shouldn't have gone um, on an earthly level so much. But how many times, honestly, do people have to lose something that's earthly to turn themselves toward God? And, um, you know, this PTSD ministry is kind of remedially a, a last link, you know, for people that have lost everything, they may have lost a loved one. They may have lost their purity. They may have lost in their mind, you know, their innocence. Yeah. If they were raped, maybe in battle, they lost their limbs and their way of 
living. But, um, you know, so here we are coming in after that. I mean, I think about, you know, 1929, I guess, when the uh, when the stock market totally, totally crashed, people were jumping off buildings and they they just uh, they couldn't handle it. So, you know, our PTSD ministry, if you think about it in a larger sense, is is trying to catch people who have set their their hope. Yeah, as we all do, you know, on on the on the constancy of that, which is not constant. And and boy, they sure do need someone there to say, hey, God will forgive you for for, you know, whatever, like you did with the the man in on Iwo Jima. Um, and, and so we're there to say, hey, we 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 understand we're like you. We lost something we suffered and, and, but, but, but we're here to point you to a new, a new life in Christ. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and let me tell you the great news. Well, we were investing that money over those years and we had for many years. Uh, but while we were doing that, God had showed us to invest in his kingdom and, uh, you know, through Faith Promise Missions, we gave at least the like amount that we uh, that we saved. And boy, did God bless us when we came back and went into missions. People supported us and took care of us. So I wanted to give you the other side of that story. So don't feel bad for us. God has been so good to us. And uh, uh, he continues to be good to us. He continues to do things in our life. And, and uh, I got to tell you, I am so thankful for that. But uh, I want to go back over to you, Zach. And, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, this is, this is great talk and, and moving forward, Zach, but let me ask you the question. So you, I, I want to kind of go back to the beginning. Cause I think we really coupled that covered that verse and I want to cover the next three verses together, but I want to go back to something you had said about finding out you have PTSD. How did you find yourself at wounded spirits? Uh, how did you find yourself in connection with me? How did you, how did all this come together where we're, we're together now? Well, what happened, uh, our, our sending church has supported you, I, I believe, since you started in the ministry, since right. you were with the yeah. last, the yeah. last mission agency. And, um, well, through, through our new pastor at our sending church and he got, he's really into discipleship, which is great. Um, so, so when he, when he first got there, he started discipling me and the other people that haven't been discipled really. And, uh, so we took over the, the kids bus route, um, for our church. And, and that really burdened me for, for the kids that we picked up because I was a bus kid when, when I was in elementary school and stuff like that. Um, so then, uh, God burdened me to do that. So he made our pastor, made me the youth leader. Um, and then every job, secular job that I've had, I, I despise, I didn't want it. And, and, and Katie, Katie kind of like, cause every job I do it for a while. And then I'd be like, Oh, I just want to quit. Well, and then I, I told our pastor, I said, Hey, I think I'm supposed to be in ministry. Um, so we prayed, um, I don't know, it was maybe two or three days of just prayer. And, and one day I was I was working for Waste Management, and I told Katie, I texted her, I said, I'm quitting. And she says, no, you don't have anything to, to fall back on. And I'm, well, I prayed to, prayed to the Lord. I said, Lord, if you want me in the ministry um, full time or or whatever, just calm my heart. And as soon as I prayed, he, he did. 
And so I went back and talked to Pastor and I talked to, to Katie and she said, well, why don't you, um, since you have PTSD, why don't you call Doug mm-hmm. and uh, see if you could work with him? And because our saying, or I've heard you say it several times, we're just messed up people helping other messed up people. That's us. Yeah. And, and going through something, I was telling uh, brother Kevin today, we all have different experiences and I might not be able to understand what one person did, but, or went through, but I could another person or I could at least somewhat, um, understand. And then, uh, this last camp, uh, I realized, uh, you were playing hard to get, I guess, for lack of better terms, because you said that, well, people email me and call me all the time and I just want to make sure they're really in it for, yeah for what, and, and, after you said that, I'm like, I did like text and call you for like two months. And then you finally, finally answered. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's a real, after I turned it over to God, my PTSD, things have just happened, um, fell in place. Things are looking up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what we're trying to tell other people. Yeah. And there's room. There for- is hope. Yeah. And there, there's room for volunteers and more help. And, and, uh, uh, if, if, you know, if you're in a position where God can use you, uh, at your church, maybe starting a group, get a hold of us. And, uh, but thank you. Thank God that all that worked out. And I just want to give you folks a head a heads up on that. And as we wrap up today, I just a couple things. I, I, as we, you know, wrap up an episode, I always go back a little bit back in the beginning there and say, some of you out there have may, may never have you know, really received help. And, and I did want to point out that the TV shows are continuing to go out. I want to, because sometimes people say, where are they at? And there was a while where on woundedspirits.com, there was no button that said TV show. So it's, but you can go to woundedspirits.com. There's a button that says TV show, or you can go to helpthewoundedspirits.com. And that's where exactly you'll run into the TV show. Uh, we would just ask that you would share them. We're going to keep putting them out there. There's going to be a grand total total out there. We know of three bases now that we'll be starting them at some time in September, one in a ship and uh, and two bases. So uh, we want to get that out to our military friends, our first responders. We've, uh, we have some, some of our friends in a city fire station. They're going to start watching them with us. So, and they're going to actually allow me to come in once a week and things of that nature by zoom uh, or talk with them and answer questions. So we want to help you guys. Again, we're honored that you'd come out. Uh, it's great to have Zach with us. It's great to have Kevin with us. We, we look forward to uh, Stephanie being healed up and being back with us next week. Uh, but we sure do appreciate you guys. Please listen to every word Brother Eric's got to say about knowing for sure you're going to heaven. And uh, we, we want that for you. We want to run into you in heaven. We want to walk the street of gold with you up there and, and just have a good time. Hey, may God bless you, my friends. And hey, when you're out there today with that smile that only God can give you. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you 
But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.